Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast, where we try to give you some actionable items, take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 500, 600-seat call center outsourcer located uh, in, in northwestern Pennsylvania. Super excited about today. I'm, I'm excited about a lot of the episodes we do, but I know we've been trying to, to put this one together for a while. Um, so I think you know the, the value add to this episode is going to be extremely high. Uh, joining me today, and again, we don't do too many guests, so uh, you know it's, it's a pretty cool occasion when, when we get someone on of, of this high of quality. And it, this is uh, joining us is Brandon Knight. He is the VP of Advanced Solutions of Contact Center at Tolaris. Um, and Brandon is basically, I, I like to say he's an encyclopedia of, of call center platforms <laughs> and, and technology and, and really knows all the players in the space. So Brandon, thank you for joining us. Why don't you give a, a quick intro, maybe explain Tolaris a little bit for those that, that don't really know who that is or what that is or, or how you guys work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm glad, cause like, like you said, this is, this is a fun experience. We've been talking about it for a while. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, to, to join you. Um, Solaris is, is known as a, as a partner enablement organization. So uh, partners like, like yourself. Now, obviously all partners aren't as skilled in the context of the space as you are, but we, we, <laughs> Thank we, you. we help partners, um, identify the right technology for their customers. Um, so, so we're the ones that have the relationship with all the, the technology companies, software companies all over the world, and we help bring the right one to your, your customer. So you do the consultation, you figure out what's right, and we, we, uh, we help bring them to the table for you. So that's, that's who we are. Oh, very nice. You guys have been a, an amazing no, no, you got, amazing yeah. partner for us as well, and, and a, just a, a great resource, um, you know, when it comes to certain, you know, certain referrals that do come in. And, and, you know, I know a ton about the space, but to have, you know, you, this is what you live, eat and breathe and, and, and do every single day. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. And, and thank you. Thank you for joining us. So couple, a, a, a macro question for you. And then, and then I know, I think the most value added here is really to talk about, you know, platforms and partners, okay. but can you, can you just talk about the cloud? I mean, I know we, we have moved so far from kind of some of the, the, the hesitancies that a lot of people have had, right? Moving their contact center to the cloud. Um, can you, I don't know, reassure or, or kind of talk about, you know, some of the things that, you know, where the, the state of the cloud is now when it comes to security, when it comes to connectivity, those types of things. Yeah. You know, what's funny, Tom, is that I, I, I was that guy, 
you know, I've been, I've been in the business a long time and I've actually run enterprise level uh, contact centers. And I was the one that when people came to talk to me about the cloud, I mean, I, I, I can't show you, but, I, you know, my, my, my response to them, but um, it wasn't it wasn't a positive one. You know, right. I was the guy that felt very comfortable because my, my punch down room was two doors down. I could go, I could look at the servers, I could touch the wires. I mean, I had the battery backups. So so that gave me a level of comfort and security. And it's funny because in, in a lot of ways, that's probably one of the most insecure environments there is because it's 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 one point of failure. You know, something happens to that building or it's like right. my, my uh, CEO used to say, if somebody hits our pole out front with a truck, we're done. Uh, you know, we, we had to have physical disaster recovery. So come all the way forward now to the cloud. And the, the conversation around security in the cloud is so interesting to me because the suppliers that we have in the cloud space now have more time, resources, technology to provide security than any consumer can provide. You know, you're, you're talking to security good. provided you know, in, in the cloud right now, um, the steps they have to go through, e- even the compliances that they have to um be assured that they can deliver on. It's just so much. It's just so much more. Um, all the built-in, the, the data centers, the redundancy, the active-active. It's it's just it's comical now. Uh, and of course, bring full circle. You know, whatever fears or thoughts people had about the cloud certainly went away last year because they had no choice. Right? It was either move move your right. contact center to Absolutely. the cloud or go out of business. So some of them were forced to to take on cloud technology. And it's been a positive experience for them. They figured out that, you know, guess what? It really is safe. It's okay. Um, and it's reliable. So it's, it's been a fascinating learn. You know, it, 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 it's funny too. I was, you know, kind of the same way. Like I was an anti-work from home guy. We're in the cloud, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was, you know, from a security standpoint and, and not meaning, you know, that the platform could be broken into, but more, you know, our reps and PCI compliance. Absolutely. And, you know, I learned very quickly um, you know, how, how work from home really could work. So, you know, yeah. I, I hear you I get sometimes, you know, what is it? The, the mother of invention is, is necessity, right? When, <laughs> when you got to kind of do yeah. something. So no, that, that that's, right. I appreciate that. Um, have you seen just, just as a kind of a, a follow-up to that, have you seen, you know, more purchases, right. Or, or an insurge of, of cloud technology because of COVID like oh, is, has 2020 been a, a really big year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and which is which is interesting because most people thought um, because of the initial response from businesses that it was going to be a down year. There weren't going to be a lot of technology changes. Um, and that and that was true, I think, for March, April, May of last year, because it was a wait and see thing. I think we erroneously thought that, that COVID was going to dissipate in the summertime when it when it got hot. And a lot of companies were just biding their time until then. When the summertime came, and there was no real change. Then companies started making real decisions. Third quarter and fourth quarter last year, we saw huge um, uh, increases in cloud technology being implemented across the, the world, honestly. Um, I work with uh, several uh, companies who are even, you know, they, like I said, they were forced into it then. But because of the positive experience, not only did they realize the technology was good and solid, but they also found out the employees were actually happier. The morale was up. They were actually more engaged than they were when they were. So, so yeah, they, um, I think it started third quarter, fourth quarter of last year. It carried over into the first quarter of this year. 
it's it's still growing quite rapidly. The the adoption of cloud is growing very rapidly. Yeah, it's uh, you really don't have a you almost don't have a choice. Yeah, and, you, and, you know it's it's you crazy too not to. to not to not to belabor this, but if this was 15 years ago, like I came from from an Avaya premise based when Avaya, I mean, that's all there was, right? It wasn't just exactly. Avaya; there was only Prem, right? Yeah. So, like, it would have been extremely difficult in the you know in the 90s, right, and even early 2000s if 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 this would have happened. But oh yeah. Hey, let's talk about some of the players, and let's do kind of like a uh, a Brandon Knight kind of I don't know, maybe like a, a little magic quadrant, right? Of right. of maybe some talk about maybe some of the established players, right? That you see in the in the contact center space, and then maybe some of the up and comers or some innovators that maybe we don't hear so much about um, yeah. that that some of us need to start talking about as well. Well, I, I, I think you can't talk about this space and the established players without talking about Nice and Contact, um, who, who recently rebranded to Nice CX1, um, yep. 5.9, right? Um, and you have the, the stalwarts of, you, like Avaya, which, which you mentioned. Avaya is actually an interesting case because Avaya is the legacy premises base, been around forever, established, right? But they recently... Um, as I like to say, my, in my opinion, they recently got it right uh, with their cloud. They've been trying for, right. for a while, but um, they recently got it right. Their, their cloud, their enterprise-level cloud product now, I think, is a fair match for their enterprise-level premises-based product. And the interesting thing about that is it really was a race of them against them, you know, to see if they could produce a cloud product right. that, right. They're, you know what I mean? that their existing customers would be happy with. Um, they've done that. And, and Brandon, there's there yeah. there is so much loyal. I think there's an Avaya loyalty in the space, right? That oh, that kind of went away. Like I was a huge Avaya. You couldn't you couldn't sell me anything. I mean, we were so pro Avaya, but then as the cloud, you know, obviously that was an issue for them, right? Yes. It seems like right, like they had their come to Jesus, right? So yeah, they did. kind of are, are coming <laughs> to put it together. That's that's exactly what happened. But you're right. There there are guys that were you know I'm I I'm Avaya or I'm Genesis or you know any of the guys that have that have been around in the in the premises based space, and you had you know Nice and Contact Five Nine come along, and I'll I'll tell you who who's uh, been phenomenal. Nice and Contact has always been the the top. I mean, they like to tell. Of course, they're they're in the top part of the quadrant. We know because of Nice, they're also in the Magic Quadrant for for workforce optimization. So they have a lot of things going on. I tell you, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Five Nine closed ground. Uh, on them a lot uh, last year and and the last year mm-hmm. and a half and and, and really uh, establishing themselves as as a as a major player you know in, in the space as well. Now when you when you move away from those guys, I was just say away from those guys, but when you start looking at what else is going on in our, in our space, so many companies came up last year, um, and and I'm 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 not I'm not necessarily touting any of them honestly from last year because there were so many companies. Right. They were just trying to take advantage of what was going on. But I'll tell you, uh, prior to that, um, UJet is a very, very interesting company to me. Um, I like to see when when the newer companies learn from what the other companies were, were doing, right? So UJet came out with this concept of following interactions versus, um, you know, uh, they, it's, it's like they took the omni-channel and said, you know, why, why limit yourself to that? Um, absolutely love what these guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give kudos to their leadership because they did what um, 
a lot of new companies don't don't realize you do. Even if you have a sound technology, you still don't have a name. You don't have a presence. So they went out and hired some industry professionals from competing organizations that instantly gave them credibility. Brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, the, the the you know they 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 focus on mobility and some of the new age stuff, so they are good. Edify is another company up and coming in this space. Sharpen, uh, I mean Sharpen is is insane with what they're doing. Another uh, UC CC combination um, that they really have nailed down, and they and they package a lot of things together, which makes them good for for mid sized businesses. Uh, Edify uh, with their with their uh, Usage base, you know, pricing model kind of gives you a little bit of a of, of a twist on that. Um, and of course, you know, we we, right. we can't ignore not necessarily an uppercomer because of their name, but but you know, Amazon stepped into the space, and and um, we're not really mm-hmm. sure what, how, how much uh, of a player they're going to be. But it's one of those things you have to look at just because of their name, right? And and figure out what's going on. Uh, right. We found right. that they're better. Good. If they decide they want to dominate, they're going to, right? It's just they've got to pick what industries that, that they want to. But absolutely, it's that's a that's gotta be a scary player for a lot of the a lot of the organization. It is, it is. And it's a name that's out there. I kind of like the way it looks like some of the companies are going about it right now is because Amazon has, you know, certified implementers just like a, a lot of the major guys. And I still think right now that's probably the best way to go. Uh direct from Amazon lacks the the support um around you know purchase and implementation and ongoing maintenance that we need right now so it's good to get that from from a third party at least for right now but um good good stuff happening it's good to see that i mean it's kind of like look for us we've been in this a while man you know and now all of a sudden because yeah. of COVID, it's like our toys are cool so that's fun Right. You know I mean? right. No, I think I think you're right. And the and the technology is and the things that are coming out from an analytics standpoint, from a WFM standpoint, is is pretty cool. Hey, one of the things, one of the companies you did not mention that um, I think you know when when I have been referring have have been a a pretty big player too is TalkDesk. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I mean they're they're probably up. I I would say and, and disagree or agree with me with that that in contact five nine kind of world um, where they're starting to play in that space. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's funny because I remember when, when TalkDesk first came out, the knock against them was their SMB. They can only do small stuff. They do this, they do that, whatever. Um, we, we, I mean, I'm not going to name drop, but we know they landed some, some, some pretty big whales, uh, 2019, right. 2020. So, so yeah, they're definitely, uh, in that space. And, and they're, and they're another one that did kind of, um, not to the extent of UJet. But when they first came into the space, they went out and hired some some big names, some registered uh, names in the channel um, that are uh, that that helped them um, a lot as well. I enjoy I enjoy what they're doing, and it's funny because speaking of big names in the space, um, if we're talking about up and comers, there's a lot of these uh, companies that started with um, niche. Uh, I, I call them add-on technologies. You know, like companies that, that only do AI or that do uh, quality and stuff like that, yeah. and um, they're making uh, a, a splash in our space right now. You, you know, you talk observe AI and, and smart action, and those guys that are really capitalizing on how AI can change the the business. I mean, they're not full blown contact center solutions, but they're 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 an integral part of getting it right. I will tell you that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, and they've done a really good job because, I mean, you can integrate with anything with this stuff. So that's the, yeah. you know, the other, it's not just like you got to get this and it only works with this and this. But I mean, yeah. I guess in the space now too, we went the APIs with things, but there's so many now it's it's built in integrations yeah. um, that are making things really cool and really easy for, you know, I, <laughs> Brandon, when we were with Avai, and again, this isn't, this is all prem-based solutions in the 90s. So I'm not picking on a vibe, but we needed a, a huge IT presence, right? From from telephony guys and engineers and programmers and screen guys and uh, people that were integrating in our dialer. And, and so we had this huge, I mean, I at Expedia with, with five to 600 seats, we have about, I'd say two and a half um, IT yeah. guys, right? Because How crazy it's crazy. That? Yeah, that, that's I mean, crazy. the cost I mean, savings that- is amazing. It's it's amazing and, and I and I come up like I said, not not picking on a vibe, but I mean let's face it, other than like I mean they were they were the only ones around. They we were, were the player, in right? Size contact center, you know, back in the the nineties and early early two thousands. And yeah. I remember I remember having an entire team of people, not just in IT, I had a team of people within the contact center that all they did was run reports and change the IVR right. and add agents. I mean could you imagine that? Like, like I had a, I had a staff in an office. No. I had an office with a group of people in them. Yeah, right. The only right. job was to make big salaries. Right. Yeah, it's it's hilarious to see. Now you know. Now we're talking enterprise level software that you make changes by clicking and dragging and dropping things. I mean that that's 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 unheard right. of. But it's, it's, it's no, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Now. And it's a, it's like when we started, we could have never done it. And and I've, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. If, if we would have started Expedia, cause we started as a startup BPO, mm-hmm. there's no way we could have afforded it. Right. And exactly. you know, kind of the, the pay, what you, how you play uh, model kind of really helped us. And, and yeah. again, that's, it's, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy time in a, in a good way. Yeah. Hey, what? And I know this is very broad because you just named so many players, but you know what? What are the big differentiators? You know, what's the difference between kind of guys that are established to these up and comers, other than you know, not age of company or or youth, but um, you know, why is in contact or or five nine or talk desk? Why are they up here? And you know, what differentiates them a little bit from from some of the other maybe more niche players? Honestly, I, I think it comes down to customer size and, and expectation um, and really just brand awareness. I, I think it's only a matter of time before a company like like UJet, uh, Edify is is up there in that in that same conversation. I mean, Sharpen is already well, well on their way because they've been around mm-hmm. a little longer. But honestly, I, I, I think it comes down to people like yourself matching the right supplier to the right customer. The the thing that I will tell you, right. you already know this, so this is really for your, your audience more than anyone else, is contrary to what you see in advertising, there is no one size fits all. There is no supplier that is the right number one top supplier for every customer that you're going to come across. So I think that's that's where you want to figure out what are, I mean, I mean, let's face it, we talk a lot about nice and contact and them being the top of the food chain, right? When it when it comes to everything they do together, but there are some companies that simply can't afford it, right? Uh, because of the, of the way it's put right. together, there are some companies that are looking to have maybe uh, some of the, not all the 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 bells and whistles that come with a nice and contact that they might not use, and then you have five nine and and, and talk desk and those guys, and also it's it's where is the technology, right? 
we talk about Avaya and Genesis and, and um, you know, even even Mitel, those guys that, that were premises based around for a long time. Then you have Nice and Contact and, and Five Nine and even Genesis and that that first, um, you know, cluster base that I call it a first gen cloud. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have these guys like Talk yeah. and UJet that are microservices, you know, running in Amazon and Google and, and stuff like that. So even that makes a difference, you know, where the technology is. Do you need um, compliance? Do you need uh, FedRAMP certification? Do you need outbound dialing? That's a that's a huge differentiator, right? I mean, some of them do dialers, and we know, right? I mean, some of them haven't figured it out yet. Uh, yeah. So so I, right. I, I think those are some of the things you you look at um, when you, when you're picking the right supplier. Brandon, you you hit on something that a lot of people are confused on, and I don't want to get deep into the weeds here, but on a, on a high level, because I know a lot of the, you know, there, this is a differentiator in a lot of demos that I do when they talk about microservices compared to kind of the old cluster platform or, or that type of way. Yes. Can you kind of give the audience just a quick, you know, when when they hear that, like we are, we, our, our, our platform is built on microservices. Can you just yeah. briefly kind of high level talk about what that what that means? Yeah, without without geeking out, I would, I would <laughs> right because it can go easy. <laughs> I would I would I would say when you're talking microservices, you're 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 really talking the the way the platform operates. It's not just where it's housed. Everyone knows that the the the, the data center, the difference between the data centers are microservices data centers are you know like I said, Amazon, uh, Google, they're they're global. You know, those guys provide your security and stuff like that versus a, a cluster of a proprietary system where Nice and Contact 5.9, they have their own data centers uh, and they're not the only ones. But so so that's that's probably the first difference that everyone right. is, is aware of. The other one would be how is the information actually sent? You know, when you're talking microservices, everything's broken down into these smaller packets, um, which means it can be it can be sent faster um, if there is an issue. It can be quarantined for lack of a better for better word faster um it can be identified faster um the redundancy is kind of built in you're not there's no manual switching or calling anyone um in a microservices environment because of the way it's designed if something over here doesn't work your calls are automatically routed the level of service that you're receiving and you're not managing that you know that's all being managed um by them and of course back end the the integrations, uh, you know, when you're talking the integrations, a lot of the companies that you want to integrate with are running in the cloud. They're running in a microservices environment, so it's an easier. Like you mentioned APIs before, I mean, we had to hire professional services teams back in the day. There was no API, you know. If I wanted to integrate mm-hmm. with with premises based stuff, now a lot of these things you're gonna pay. You know, <laughs> exactly, I I was I was the integrator. I had to read a manual and and figure it out or. Again, add to my my oversized IT right. team, like you said. So it um it does make a right. it, it does make a big difference. Hey, what are some of the things that are, excite you um, that you see from from some of the platforms and the partners, say in the next twelve to, to twenty four months, with you know in regards to technology, analytics, AI? Is, is there anything specific that that kind of gets you going to say, wow, this this could really change some things? What are some of those types of things that, that kind of get you excited in the space? You know what? It's funny because it's something that excites me. I don't know if it excites a lot of people, but um, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to use the term loosely because because everyone throws out AI, 
right? And it's it's a, it's a catchphrase, right. it's a buzzword. Everybody gets excited about it, you know, and 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 everyone's using it in, in very different ways. And I don't want to geek out. Some of it just isn't AI, but that's not what we're here to talk about. I, what I what I do what I do like to talk about as far as what excites me right now is when when AI was even first being figured out, it was always on the front end. It was like chatbots or robotic, you know, IVRs and stuff like that. And people were so excited because there's algorithms attached to that. And I, and I like that. Even, even the ones that are routing the calls to the right place, I like that. What I think is way more valuable is AI that's being used on the back end. AI that's being used to help the agent be smarter, to help the agent find answers faster, to help the, there's AI that listens to the call, listens to the, uh, you know, uses empathy, and also can look at the other reasons the customer called and tell the agent, hey, this person filed a claim based on what they're asking right now. They probably want to know about this and then bring up the right information for that. I think that is going to prove to be way more valuable because that impacts the customer experience way better than a chat bot that has, you know, a few thousand responses, depending on what you what you put in it. So for me, AI that helps the agent is 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 a very exciting thing for me. Dude, I heart you right now. I mean, because I think, I, you know, that's that's agent assist, agent assist for us and for me. And and I've talked about it a ton. Is I agree. That's that's really the AI is kind of a misnomer for so many different things. Yeah. But that's I think going to be the first real piece of it that's going to help. And and even you know we talk here like. Bank of America, when we used to be, you know, way back in the day, they would have seven or eight different types of upsells or cross sells, and they would flag different things based on some proprietary, you know, algorithm that they use. But now mm-hmm. it, it's going to be done in the AI, right? So yeah. customers are going to talk about certain things, and it's going to say, "Hey, why don't you offer this?" And that's one exactly. example from a cross sell and upsell. Um, so that's that's a pretty. Again, something that actually impacts a customer experience probably impacts your handle time, lessens all that, right? Um, and, and really has a, a bottom line impact as yeah. well, which is you know one of yeah. the first real tools I think in, that's going to do that. Exactly, and 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 it increases the proficiency of the agent, right? You you know this right. from running. You know, people are your most expensive asset, right? They're they're the absolute best, and 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 they're, they're the most problematic in the context. Just full transparency, <laughs> right. right? So, and we know we have ones. That that uh, you know, let's say we have these ten things we want to happen on the call, and these two upsells want to happen. I mean, they're human beings. Sometimes they forget, uh, and sometimes even that they say it. They, you know, some say it differently than others. Some have a better delivery. Using AI on the back end, you can ensure that they're at least all aware of it, right? They can all hear about it. They can all see it. Right. And you can pop it up on the screen. So you, so you're instantly increasing the proficiency of of all the agents. So it's it's, it's almost like effectively using AI on the back end, you can make all of your agents as good as your best agent, you know, p- providing uh, and, and providing the information to your customers. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's yeah. a big deal. And I kind of wish I'd had it when I was running contact centers. Like you said, <laughs> no, you know, I, you I hear you. No, I, I hear you. it's between that and, and, you know, being a, a BPO, we have to really, think through what technology, because we, I mean, we have to get an ROI, right. To, to, at some point to get to, to, to invest in this technology. So between that, even, even analytics now with, with being able to give real keyword data. um, So it's not just, you know, sentiment like, Hey, our customers are, are, you know, this is the sentiment of our customers. Our agents are doing good, but 
actually to have marketing data, right, on trending keywords and things like that. I mean, that's one of the other big things in the space that has just blown my mind and has been a huge value add for for, for our customers as well. So yeah. the technology, it just keeps coming. And that, it's, it's, it's a good thing for us, right? Because especially in the, in the, in the BPO space, you, because you're, you're not only tasked with, you know, hiring and finding good people, right? Because, I mean, let's face it, you, you, are, you are the company. For right. a lot of for for your clients, the right? When a customer correct. calls in, you're an extension of that company. They're expecting a certain type of culture. They're expecting a certain type of, of customer experience for you to deliver. Um, but let's be honest, a lot of them are also looking to save money, right? That's why they're that's that's why they're trying to outsource. It's not it's not it's not all just the customer experience, which of course they want. They they want you to be better at it than than they are, right? So, so you've right. got to be better at it from a people perspective, but you, you, you've also got to make really sound decisions from a technology perspective and ensure that you're getting something from it. You know, so I, I think that's a, that's, no, a, that's a good point. I mean, these, these guys have got a, our suppliers today, um, especially in this environment, it's very competitive. Um, and they've, they've got to come mm-hmm. and really deliver an ROI along with all the fancy bells and whistles. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's an awesome lead-in. So talk a little bit, again, I know before before we kind of went live here, we kind of talked a little bit about the, the channel partner space and referral partner and, and, and kind of how that works. And again, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but explain to people why, if, if, if they don't know the space, right, and, and they know that, you know, I have a 20-seat call center, 50-seat, 150, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they know they, they'd like to change their platform. Maybe they'd like to move to the cloud. Why is using a channel partner um, and going through like a Tolaris? Why is that so beneficial? And are there any, I, I guess, I don't want to say tips, uh, but yeah, I guess maybe some tips or some things to do yeah. uh, that, that people could maybe take when they are looking to purchase contact center software or maybe an add-on piece to their, to their uh, telephony platform. Yeah, I think I think that's great. And actually, let's 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 start by dispelling some of the myths. Right. The first the first myth, of course, is if I use a referral partner, if I use a consultant, um, my price goes up, you know, because this is America. Uh, someone has to be paying for this. Right. And, that, and that's the first thing. And I think people think that because they don't understand how the suppliers in the channel work, that the pricing is the price. The cost is the cost. There's no there's no premium you know, ride along or, or fee assessed to, to them getting expert advice from, from someone like you. So that's probably the first thing that they should know. The other thing I will tell you, and this is speaking specifically to customers, coming from someone who's run enterprise-level contact centers. Uh, all o- Literally, I've opened up contact centers all over the world, right? And I've run contact centers of 1,000, 5,000, 7,000 seats. I will tell you this with all due respect. You have no idea what you don't know, okay. And I think that's the first thing as a as a, as a contact center right. you have to understand. You don't know what you don't know, and and I'm telling you, as someone who was in that in that space, you know, there's all kinds of things coming at you. There's all kinds of trade shows. There's not a day that goes by where you don't get 15 emails from someone trying to sell you something. So you think you have a pulse on it, and God forbid you go to Google, you know. And start thinking that you can figure out you can pick, <laughs> right. you can pick a supplier that way. It's 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 impossible. Um, I would I would say choosing it use a consultant, use a partner who lives, breathes in this space, 
that knows not only what's going on, in, you know, for your organization, what what's best suited for you. They know everything about the other suppliers that are out there. Most importantly, they know the pitfalls. They know the things to avoid. They, right. you know, you as a consumer, you're listening to and and not nothing against salespeople, but as a consumer, you're listening to a salesperson whose job it is to sell you something, right? right? Versus using a consultant whose job it is to go through the journey with you and help you pick the right supplier, you know? Um, and, and I think that, I think that's huge because all these things sound the same when you're, when you're listening to five different suppliers, salespeople, all of it sounds the same. They all sound like they can do exactly what you want. They all sound like they're going to save you money and they're going to be the best thing since sliced bread. And if you don't have a trained ear or experience in this space, you're, you're unfortunately, you're going to pick the, the, the wrong one. And I'll say one more thing as a, as a, as a tip. I will tell you mm-hmm. that it'll probably surprise most people to find out that about 35, maybe 40% of the consultations that we get involved in are fixing a customer's mistake because they did not use a consultant in the beginning. They were, especially the larger companies, they all think, oh, well, we, ha- you know, we, we have 50, yeah. we got 100 people in IT, we have, we have, a, we have a procurement team. We know how to do this. We're going to run an RFI. We're going to run an RFP, which was some of the biggest jokes in the industry. Yep. You know, and they say, "Oh, we're, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to be able to figure this out." Um, I can't tell you who the the the, the customer is because their name is well known. But I will tell you one of the funniest uh, opportunities I was involved in a few years back was a company that was preparing to an RFP. They 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 consulted with um, a, a consulting partner that I know, and I helped this partner design the RFP for them. And then they decided, "Hey, you know what? We're Everyone's going to respond to us. You know, thank you guys. We don't need you anymore. They put the RP out and I went on and helped other customers. Six months later, they reached out to that partner again saying, hey, we've had these responses back for like four months and we really don't understand it and we don't know what to do with it. You know, so they got the, they sent the RP out. They got the responses. But trust me when I tell you, that's not going to help you make a, a selection unless you have someone that knows how to read it. And knows what those responses are and how to differentiate uh, between them. So, um, and and, and it's, it doesn't. I, I think too, Brandon. That's that's awesome stuff. Yeah, that's re- and, and I th- I like how you you kind of put you know some of that stuff even for, for me in the future to to kind of use. That's that's good. You know, the other thing is, you know, there's a there's always a wish list. Like so, you know, when when I'm talking to a, a potential customer or, or trying to help, right? They know how their their platform is set up right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think a consultant or somebody with an outside view can be like, well, guys, you could do it this way and you exactly. can add this on or this on or I don't think you need this. Yes. Um, that we can actually probably get the price lower, even getting, you know, things like that that you don't even, again, that you don't think about that I think can, they if, if somebody's don't. eating and breathing in the space, because there is so much out there. And with, with, without a consultant, honestly, Tom, without you, most companies simply duplicate what they're already doing. And, and, I, and I will right, say this right, because right. Exactly. Every, every context and the leader knows this. You have an operation running in your, in your business right now. You have technology running in your business right now that you have created band-aids for. Your agents have created workarounds for because you've, you have adopted to whatever you had. The problem with you going out and shopping on your own is you're going to take all of those band-aids and patchworks and workarounds because now they've come standard operating procedure and you're going to look for a company 
that simply does that. You're just going to say, hey, these are, these are the things that matter to us. This is how we do business. We want a technology that does this. I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that customers make uh, because when you're making a change to the cloud and you're changing technology, that's your opportunity to say, not how do we do this now? That's your opportunity to say, how would we like to do this? That's your opportunity to, to look at other competing companies and say, how are they doing it? What do they do better than we do? That's your opportunity to open right. up the 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 box and, right. and and really look at you know look look for better ways to do things that most people don't do unfortunately no that's good that's good hey brandon is there anything else you know i mean that's kind of the questions i had i mean i i really wanted to dig down like you did on the on the suppliers i think that that's that's helpful for people to kind of start to hear some of those names and and differentiators um a, a ton of value here any i mean is there anything else you can you'd like to say, or if you want to give maybe your, uh, your social media, if, if where people can find you on LinkedIn or, or anything like that, so we can kind of hook up with you there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On, 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 uh, LinkedIn, um, I'm actually, uh, LinkedIn and my, my tag is M J O F C C. And, uh, okay. for, for, um, I, I, I stole that from years ago. I was introduced, um, as a keynote speaker, I was introduced as an event, and the host said that uh, I, I was the Michael Jordan of contact centers. So I, I, uh, I, I so that's that's what my LinkedIn is. It's MJOMCC. Uh, I, I, I like it. Like it, it. It's stuck. So that's where you can find me. Um, the thing that I would say to to your your um, and and it's I don't I don't I don't I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I I, I work with a lot of enterprise level customers, and I will say this because we talked about using a consultant. Don't. Don't let your pride cost you money. You know, um, I can tell you as someone mm-hmm. who's run, when I was running, uh, you know, contact center operations with thousands of seats, I thought I knew everything I needed to know about my business. I thought I knew enough to go out and make these types of decisions. And I'm I'm not perfect. I'm a human being. I made some mistakes. You know, some of them were were costly. Um, so that's that's what I will tell you. Don't be. Don't be afraid to lean on the expertise that's that's available out there. This is not something you want to do alone. This this is a maze, especially with the hundred plus suppliers that came just in last year alone. This is a maze, and the the best thing you, you you all know the the anecdote right about the guy down in the well, right? And then his friend you know jumped down in the well with him. He's like, "What are right. you doing?" He's like, "Yeah, we're both in the well." The difference is, I was in here last week and I know how to get out. You know, so that's that's what I would tell people. Go with the consultant that knows the maze. So, no, I like it. Hey, Brandon, thank you so much, man. This was this was awesome. I'm glad we we finally put this together. I think that again, I think this adds a ton of value to a lot of people. So uh, I really really appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Good seeing you. You're doing good work, sir. I appreciate appreciate spending some Thanks, time, man. With you, man. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Thank you. All right. Talk soon.